Episode number two in the Tigers Avenue. We got a guest with us today. Help us preview this Arkansas LSU football game. He's a Hog fan himself, Preston Jones. Preston, what's up, man? Yo, yo, what's up? And I just want to do one more thing, okay? <laughs> Whoopee, baby. It's He's never invited week. again. Hey, He's never buddy. invited on the show again. Golden Rivalry Week, baby. <laughs> We're bringing the boot home where it belongs. That don't belong in Tigers Avenue. Appreciate you coming and checking in with us, Preston. want to talk a little LSU basketball uh, on the opener the other night. Dominant win over the ULM Warhawks. I guess you could say we kind of expected this, but in the fashion they did, 101-39, to it was quite impressive. Zach, I know you watched this yourself. Give us your thoughts real quick on the game. Yeah, first off, I was I was really excited to get to watch the opener and get to see this new LSU basketball team. Of course, it's been talked about how this potentially could be Will Wade's best team. And if that's the case, then I'm super excited about this season. So getting to watch the first game was awesome. We'll talk about it. I know you'll talk about it some more, Reagan, but... Darius Days, oh my goodness. He put up 30 points. He broke the school record with eight threes made. I think it was six or five of those coming in the first half. Dude, he checked himself probably four times and drained it each time. They couldn't stop him. He was just nothing but net every time he put up a three. It was awesome to get to watch. Something that was really cool to watch also was the defense. The defense was surprisingly really, really well, which we know from the past couple of years, the Will Wade defense has, hasn't has been exceptional. Uh, you know, it's been all about scoring and putting up a lot of points, trying to outscore the opponent. But Milani Wilkinson, what a great game by him defensively. We're looking at him to really hold us down. And so I just got to give credit to the boys for coming out and showing an incredibly defensive effort uh, on top of all that scoring. Yeah, man. Darius Days. Holy cow, he is that man. I mean, we spoke of him being the leader of this team, the captain of this team, but it doesn't seem like he's just going to play that role. It seems like he's going to play a major role in the offense to kind of cope and make up from that loss with Adam Miller. Darius Days was 8 for 9 from the arc. 8 for 9 and and 11 for 13 from the field goal. Impressive night. I mean... Just impressive. Like you said, it seemed like everything he put up was going in. He only missed two shots on the night. An impressive start for Darius Days. So a little bit of a surprise. Both of our predictions, we did predict Brandon Murray to be the two, and that did come true. But the three was a surprise for us both. We both had Terry Eason coming in as the starter. For the three, and we ended up seeing Mwani Wilkinson. He didn't disappoint. He didn't put up major points offensively, but like you said, he had an excellent defensive game. And not to discredit Terry Eason, Terry Eason also came in off the bench and put up a double double with 11 points and 10 rebounds. 
So he had a great night as well. That kind of goes off what we were saying in last episode is the depth of this team compared to last year that you can have a guy come in off the bench and put up a double-double in Terry Eason, and we just didn't have that last year. Pinson looked incredible at the point. He's got some beautiful handles. Did you did you see in. the play he made? Oh my goodness gracious! Broke oh his ankles and then wow. went past him and jammed it. It, it was, was probably the play of the night. I mean, outside of all of Darius's yeah, yeah. threes, absolutely. Outside of the trays from Darius days, I think that definitely was the highlight of the night. Kind of showing off his handles there, showing off what he can do, getting past the defender pretty easily for the easy jam. Efton Reed, I think he lived up to the hype. He held it down in the paint offensively and defensively. They couldn't contain his size. They were outmatched, outnumbered, and not a single player on their team put up over 10 points. So impressive night by the LSU Tigers in the PMAC for the opener. Let's just hope that they can continue this. So let's talk about that a little bit. Do you think this is... General Wade's, or could potentially be General Wade's best team. Like you mentioned, in the past, defense was a struggle, especially from the arc. It was it seemed like it was a problem at times. People were open, left open for easy shots, and boy, that was not the case the other night. So does General Wade have his troops in line to not only be offensive but defensive as well? What do you think about this being his best roster, maybe potentially his best team yet? Well, I think you definitely got to consider the sample size. It's one game, and you also are playing ULM, who finished last in their conference last year and are predicted to finish last in their conference this year. So I don't think we need to take too much away. I think it was really, really good to see Darius Days put up a huge number. I think that's important going into the rest of the season with Adam Miller being out. There's going to have to be guys that are going to put up points more than usual. But also, I, I think it was really just great to see the freshman. Terry Eason, as you mentioned, come off the bench. Efton Reed putting up the big numbers that he did. It was really, really awesome to see him. I'm interested to see how he is going to compete in SEC play once we get there. I think this is going to be a tournament team for sure. I think it just depends finding the, that guy that's going to be the scorer when it comes to SEC play and to see how far they can get into the tournament. But I think this is... Probably a 10-12 to 12 SEC win team. They're predicted to finish, I think it was sixth in the conference. I thought that was pretty low, especially coming off last year and all the talk of this year. But I think this team is going to live above expectations. And so I, I expect to see a lot from them this year. Yeah, I didn't agree much with the preseason sixth place in the SEC with the talent we brought in and with Darius Days returning. I just don't know how that was a feasible placement for this team. But it is what it is. They're going to have to prove it on the court to show them otherwise. The team shot over 50% from the field, 41% from behind the arc as a whole. It was a great night. Y'all said Eric Gaines coming off the bench and put up 10 points. So the, the depth is... Uh, there for the Tigers. So we're excited for the rest of this season and what it can bring. We got another game coming up, though. This Friday night at 7 p.m. It's going to be on SEC Network Plus and ESPN Plus, LSU versus Texas State. Let's transition here from 
the ULM game to the Texas State game. Another non-conference game that almost seems like another gimme. They are 1-0. They played Incarnate Word the other night, and they beat them 75-57. to I don't know how much credit you give to that. Their best players, it looks like, to be is Caleb Asbury. 20 points on that game against Incarnate and Shelby Adams with 14 points. ESPN's Basketball Power Index does have this as an 89.6% chance in favor of the LSU Tigers. Give me your thoughts on going into this game, Zach. I think we won't see much difference from the ULM game. I think it'll be a little bit more competitive with Texas State. They're a little bit better team than ULM, so I think there'll be a lot more scoring on the defensive side. I don't think we're going to hold them to under 40 points like we did ULM. I think they'll put up a little bit more points, but I expect this to be around a 90-point game for the Tigers and a 60-point game to 70-point game for Texas State. But outside of that, I'm hoping that it'll be somewhat of a scrimmage so that we can see some of the younger guys like we did the other night and begin to develop them before we get into some really more important games. Yeah, and I think that's a huge deal for these early games. A lot of people like to discredit these games and look over these games. I just don't think you can do that early on in the season. It is so important for coaches, specifically Will Wade, to fill out his roster, to see what he has, to see how players are contributing, to see how players are doing in real in-game action. And these games against ULM, Texas State, these type of games are huge for when it comes to roster management and figuring out somewhat of a rotation of players. For when you get into SEC play, of course, later on for postseason as well. I think the Tigers are going to continue to rock with about an eight to nine man rotation. And I think that's what we'll see, especially when we get into SEC play. Texas State is, is somewhat of a small team. They have no true five to really be a contest to Efton Reed. They play three guards and two forwards as their starting five. And they all top out at 6'8". And Effie Reed is is a big presence with the body he has standing at 6'11". So I think that's going to be a major problem for Texas State down in the paint. Let's talk about this a little bit. Does Darius Days keep this up into this game? And, And maybe we can talk a little bit about into the rest of the season. And does the LSU's defense keep up what they did? Give me your thoughts on that. I mean, shoot, we'd love to see it, of course. We want to see points scored, have a legit scorer on this team. I'd love to see him continue the success that he had from the other night. I don't know he has as great of a night as he did on Tuesday, but we can sure hope so. I think you're going to see a big game from guys like Efton Reed and Terry Eason with Texas State being a smaller team. Darius Days is a bigger guy, but he is a big guy that plays along the perimeter. Terry Eason and Efton Reed are those guys that are banging in the paint, getting boards, backing guys down. So with Texas State being a small team, I expect to see a lot of big men play from those two guys. And uh, hopefully on the defensive front, we can continue to give a really good defensive effort. With this being a little bit better caliber opponent, it'll be interesting to see how they do defensively. I agree. I'm not sure if they'll 
be able to keep that kind of standard up the entire season with only holding an opponent to 39 points. Uh, the caliber of team does play a major factor into that as well. For sure. Hey, well, Preston, I know it's football season and y'all are more focused on football right now. I know you mentioned that you weren't able to catch the basketball game the other night. Arkansas defeated Mercer 74-61. to J.D. Note, he put up 30 points. Uh, Arkansas comes into the season ranked 16th. Preston, you got any takes on this basketball team? I know uh, y'all lost Moses Moody from last year. He was a phenomenal freshman, course one freshman of the year. What is y'all's expectations for this year, Preston, especially with some turnover, but also just giving us LSU fans some insight into what we should expect when it comes to SEC play? You know, naturally, I'm not the basketball guru, but I will say just being an Arkansas fan, there's a lot of hype about Razorback basketball, a lot of hype. So I would say the expectations are pretty high up there, especially coming off last year. For me, personally, I'm not following basketball till we really get into conference play because teams like Mercer, we should be kicking their butt, and that's kind of when I start paying a lot more attention to it. Man, Musbus has got the Razorbacks rolling over in Fayetteville. Uh, he's you had know, a lot of Snoop, success his past couple Snoop of years. Snoop Dogg is on the Musbus, bro. He was in Fayetteville really? today. Snoop wow. Dogg was in Fayetteville. And like, there's been other I artists that, that like yeah. Eric Musselman has, has seen and like done stuff with. There was another rapper like showed up to practice. I can't remember who it was, but another rapper came out and hung out with the team and everything like that. So like, hey, we're kind of getting mainstream with the hype. If we got Snoop Dogg on the must bus, you can't go wrong there, baby. Well, hey, you have a chance here to give us a prediction. How far does Arkansas go this season? Do they make the tournament? If they make the tournament, how far do they go? What are you expecting this year? Oh, man. Listen, I don't want to go too far, but then I don't want to underestimate the team either. So you know what? I'm going to buy into the hype, and I'm saying Final Four. We, we, we make it. I think we make Ooh. it to the Final Big Four. Prediction Listen, there. you know, last year, what was it? We lost in 16, right? Yeah. Do we? Do we? Yeah, I believe, yeah, we I believe lost it was in the Sweet 16. 16. Yeah, we didn't make it the Elite Eight, I don't think. And I think we have a better team this year, just based off what I see, not my research alone primarily just the hype that I see on social media and the things I hear. I'm not the best guy to ask about it, but I'm going to dial up my fandom a little bit, and I'm calling Final Four. All right, man. Well, we will hold you to that. We'll definitely have to bring you back possibly when we get into basketball season and before we have an LSU-Arkansas basketball game. All right, Ray, let's talk some LSU baseball. Yeah, man. We mentioned the other the, the last episode that baseball at the time had the number one recruiting class in the nation. And in fact, that is where they finished. Let me tell you something. This class is impressive. This class is stacked. Jay Johnson knows what he is doing. Let me give you a few, few, just a few stats here, just to give you some perspective on how excellent this class is. 11 top 100 players in the perfect game overall national rankings. Ten players selected to play in the perfect game All-American Classic. Four of the top junior college pitchers in the United States and 13 players 
that are ranked number one at their positions all in their respective states. This class is loaded, and I am thrilled and completely impressed with the job that Jay Johnson has done with this recruiting class. We kind of hit on it last time that we needed depth in this bullpen. Guess what? Jay Johnson got it. Not only are we returning a lot of excellent pitchers from our staff last year, Jay Johnson has 12 total pitchers in this class. Not only does he have 12 pitchers in this class, he has five left-handed pitchers that can all throw 90 and above fastballs. This is an impressive class. I am thrilled about what this class can do and what Jay Johnson is doing for the future of LSU. I don't want to badmouth Paul Maneri by any means because I believe he's a legendary coach and will be forever respected at LSU. But Paul Maneri kind of was hands-off when it came to recruiting and left it up to Nolan Kane. And Nolan Kane did a great job recruiting, but he recruited top players. He didn't recruit needs. Jay Johnson went out and recruited needs and recruited in the areas that we needed at the highest level he possibly could. This class is loaded with pitchers that can throw low to mid-90s and at any moment in time coming in. Not only does he have excellent pitchers coming in this class, he has the number one shortstop in California and Louisiana coming into this class. He has the number one catcher out of Florida and Georgia coming into this class. He has the number one third baseman in South Carolina in this class. He has the number one outfielder in Utah, Pennsylvania, and Nevada coming into this class. The dude is on an absolute shred when it comes to recruiting. And Vanderbilt finished in second place. Scouts are saying that it wasn't even close for what LSU has done from first place to second place. It's leaps and bounds. Jay Johnson is selling LSU's program for what it truly is as a national championship contending program, a legacy program, as the top program in baseball history. It's pretty easy to sell that when you have six national championships under your belt. So I am so impressed with what Jay Johnson is doing. Zach, give me your thoughts on how he is filling in the needs that we have and the way he is doing it. Man, I think what's most impressive to me is the level of talent that he is pulling from these JUCO ranks, which is really, really important, especially when it comes to filling those needs. And not only are you filling those needs, but you're getting guys that have played college ball, that have experience. I mentioned on the last podcast that I believe one of our starting pitchers is going to be Eric Reiselman. And that's extremely important to go out and get a weekend rotation guy that is going to come in and you're expecting him to shut down SEC hitters. And we fully expect that from him. So I'm, I'm really, really impressed with Jay Johnson. I know he was fifth or sixth on the list when we did the, the coaching search, but it doesn't seem like it. It seems like he was the top dog and he is acting like it. There's no doubt about it. He has a confidence about him that just screams winner. He has an attitude, a drive, a passion in him that is so refreshing to see. And 
with the resources that a program like LSU baseball has, when you have a guy like that, no telling what he can accomplish. I want to kind of hint at that confidence a little bit. I got a quote from Jay Johnson in regards to this class. Jay Johnson said, quote, some of these guys are going to pass up on $2 million to come and play for us. That's extremely tough to do. For a high to, schooler. For a, for a high, high schooler, schooler to turn down $2 million to come and play college ball and have to do school at the same time. But the confidence that he he held for himself and in this recruiting class was impressive. I'm blown away that within these short few months of Jay Johnson being here, he has brought together this type of class. And I think it just speaks to the kind of coach he is, the kind of passion he has, and confidence he has in what LSU is and what LSU can be on the diamond. I am stoked. That press conference and seeing the class that he's pulled together here has just given me even more confidence and excitement for this season to come. They will be playing another scrimmage this weekend. They'll be playing Thursday, Friday, Sunday against Nichols State, and we'll get some stats for that. Well, I think that's enough for LSU baseball. Let's move to the football field. LSU versus the Arkansas Razorbacks, who just got into the top 25 of the college football playoff rankings at number 25 after their win over Mississippi State. This game's going to be played on Saturday at 6.30 p.m., on the SEC network. Zach, I want to talk about this, and Preston, you can give your thoughts on this as well. But Zach, will LSU, after the game they had against Alabama, uh, defensively holding the rushing of Alabama to just six yards, will LSU's defense struggle against this Arkansas rushing attack? They have Traylon Smith. They have Raheem Sanders. They have Dominic Jones, and of course their quarterback is mobile as well in K.J. Jefferson. What's this defense going to look like compared to last game to this game? Because arguably this is Arkansas' strength. I mean, I think you can expect to see more of what we saw against Bama. Our defense has been depleted, but not as much on the defensive line as the DBs. We still have B.J. Ogilary. We still have Neil Farrell Jr. I believe Mason Smith will be back this game. Our defensive line is still pretty solid, even though we've taken a couple hits with Ollie Gay and Andre Anthony. I think you can expect to see more of the same against Arkansas. Statistically, you know, I think Brian Robinson Jr. from Alabama is a better running back than those guys at Arkansas, although those guys at Arkansas are phenomenal, and you have to be careful with them because they're great SEC caliber running backs. I expect this game defensively to be how we defend K.J. Jefferson and, of course, Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks is their number one wide receiver. He's a guy that can tear off the top. He's a guy that, with these inexperienced DBs, you have to watch out for. I think that's going to be the biggest matchup. I think that's going to be where we could be vulnerable on Saturday. Yeah, Preston... All three of these guys, these running backs, Traylon Smith, Raheem Sanders, and Dominic Jones are all over 400 yards rushing on the season. 
Pittman gave the nod for the start to Dominique Johnson against State last Saturday. Who gets the start for this game? Man, I wish I knew. I feel like it's going to be Traylon Smith. He's just got the most experience out of all of them. Him and KJ just make up a great pair. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Traylon. Now, obviously, I could be wrong. But if I was a betting man, I'd put probably money on Smith. So, Traylon Smith is your guess for the starter. I honestly haven't watched a whole lot of Razorback football this season. But looking at their stats and all three of them being over 400 rushing yards, like I mentioned, there's obviously a, a rotation. How often are they rotated? And what does that look like on a normal Saturday? You know, that's honestly something I hadn't paid attention to. I tend to not pay attention to the rotations very much. So I wouldn't know. I was just looking up the stats for Traylon Smith, and I was actually shocked. I expected him to have more rushing yards than he did. But, dude, honestly, here's the thing. I love spreading it around because that shows you have depth. And Arkansas has a great history. When they have depth at the running back position, they cause some damage. And it goes back the Darren McFadden, Felix Jones days. And so anytime we've had depth at the running back position, it's been really nice. Yeah, and i got to be honest, outside of LSU, one of my favorite players to watch in the SEC was Darren McFadden. Zach, you had something a little bit to add to this? Yeah, I just wanted to ask Preston, you know, in previewing this Arkansas-LSU matchup, Arkansas, they started the season really, really hot. They got up as high as number eight in the country. And then there was Georgia, and then there was Ole Miss, and then there was Auburn. And you saw that fallout. Of course, they're back in the top 25 now after a couple of pretty good wins. You had an inferior opponent in uh, Arkansas. Pine Bluff beat them pretty handily. And then, of course, had the very close game against State. State missing three field goals last week in order for Arkansas to pull off that win. I think they had a late touchdown drive. Preston, it's been, I want to say, kind of an up-and-down season for Arkansas. You had the big hype at the beginning, the fallout near the middle. You've got this last stretch of the season. Just putting that all together, you've watched this Arkansas football team what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? What are places that they can make LSU vulnerable? What are places that LSU can make them vulnerable? First off, I want to say our bye week couldn't have come at a better point in the season. Because, listen to this. We beat Rice, Texas, Georgia Southern, Texas A&M. Like, four straight wins for us where we came from. Like, And we were overhyped. We were at number eight at one point in the country. And then we kind of got brought down to reality. Georgia, Ole Miss, and Auburn. We finish off this long stretch of games with UAPB. So an easy money game and then a bye week. I don't think the bye week could have come at a better time in the season. And so now we see LSU. And I don't know if I've ever said this about an Arkansas team since I've been following the Hogs religiously. But I think one of our greatest assets is our defense. Our defense is in- incredibly shocking. Arkansas is never known for a good defense. And this year, like our linebackers and some of our DBs just lock down defenders. So honestly, as great as our offense is, I don't think we're going to have a problem scoring. But man, I really think our defense is going to be that secret weapon to the end of the season. 
And I'm excited about seeing that because I love defense. I just love defense. And so just to see Arkansas play defense at a, a higher level. Now, again, we've kind of slacked off a little bit, especially the Ole Miss game. There was no defense on either side of that game. So on exception of that game and Georgia, I'm excited, man. I'm super excited for this weekend. And another thing I want to add, you take LSU and you take Arkansas, you can talk about how the season looks, what they're projected to finish the season off with. You can throw all that out the window when it comes to Arkansas LSU. So I'm just looking at some past LSU Arkansas games. Ranking doesn't matter. How good you are doesn't matter. Take for instance 2007. I know we're we're going back in the books. Oh, don't go back to that. 2007. No, and I'm not bra- I'm not bragging. Like I'm just I'm just showing you how <laughs> how it doesn't matter. In 2010, we're ranked number 12, but y'all ranked number six. The last game of the season, we win. Then 2014 and 15, Arkansas is not even ranked. Y'all are ranked, and we won two years in a row. I had to go far for that. And then from there on, y'all won. I'm just saying that to say, hey, listen, with the LSU-Arkansas game, us, we're ranked. We're the ranked opponent this year. LSU is not ranked. Bad season, disappointing season. I'm still nervous because it's LSU-Arkansas game. Anything can happen. Yeah, I agree. The, the battle for the boot is always a fun game. It's always a competition. It's never a gimme. And I, I got to agree with you. The linebacker play for Arkansas has been impressive, especially bumper pool. I've been really impressed with him and what he's done for the Arkansas defense. Zach, this is a little bit for us. It seems like each LSU game, we start off strong offensively, and then it just peters. And I think that's a product of offensive coordinator who doesn't know how to adjust in the game. You come in with an offensive scheme, and the opponent's defense adjusts to that scheme after the initial drives, and then the offense stalls. And you've seen that several games, and you saw that against Alabama because we scored right when we got the ball. First possession, we had it, and then it took us a long time to get down back into the end zone. We also stalled out three times uh, in the red zone with opportunities to take the lead against the Tide. So this week, tell me, can LSU's offense, can they scheme and make adjustments mid-game past the initial drives to be a threat offensively? Well, as we know, um, Jake Peets comes into each game, I believe, with the first 15 plays ready to go. And then after that is where we've seen the problem. He has not been able to, in-game, adjust to what the defense throws at them, and that's why we have the results that we've had on the field. I think what's interesting this game is we know from this past week that Garrett Nussmeyer is going to play. We're not sure what the capacity is going to be with him at quarterback. Obviously, a lot of Fans, and even I believe some of the coaching staff at this point has become a little frustrated with Max and his inconsistency. And so they're going to throw Garrett out there a little bit. We know from this past week that they they were rotating 50-50 first team reps. I think that's going to play a huge factor into this ball game. And I think they're going to put both quarterbacks out there and whichever one succeeds the most they're going to ride with. 
But at the same point, it comes down to the offensive coordinator. It comes down to Jake Peets. I don't think it matters too much what quarterback you have out there if you're not able to scheme well enough and outcoach the other team. I agree. Ed Aldron has clearly stated that they will play Garrett Nussmeyer. Max Johnson will get the start, but Garrett, we will see Garrett on Saturday. And like you said, doesn't matter which one's in there. If you can't scheme against the defense and how they've adjusted, I don't think it really matters. And it kind of has been our worry all season long is can the offense do more than pass the first two series? And we'll see as that plays out. I think we can all agree uh, between the three of us that the keys to this game, if, if you will, is how will LSU's defense do against the rush? How will these young DBs do against Traylon Burks? And how will Arkansas's defense do against two quarterbacks? And will Jake Peets be able to scheme enough to top the Hogs? I think it's worth noting that ESPN's Football Power Index has LSU as a 59.4% chance. I really think you could say it's a 50-50. And I think ESPN's Power Index leans 59 because of the home field advantage for LSU. I don't think you'd definitively say that LSU uh, 59% is going to win this game, in all honesty. So I think the home field advantage is going to be a big factor in that as well. It is a night game in Death Valley, and we know how that is. However, on the betting lines, the point spread favors Arkansas as a two-and-a-half point favorite. So some mixed emotions about this game when it comes to winning percentage and betting lines on the spread. So. I think we're in for another battle for the boot. Preston, give me your final predictions on this game, and then Zach will go to you, and then I'll close us out with our predictions. I haven't followed LSU football near as much as you guys, obviously, but I just have a feeling that this is going to be a shootout. I feel like this is going to be a good game. I know with y'all's coaching situation, with Coach O, I still feel like the players are playing for him a little bit. I mean, if you almost beat Alabama, you're not just rolling over and dying. And so I feel like because this is such an important game, nighttime, Death Valley, I think they're going to come out guns a-blazing. So I kind of expect it to be a shootout as much as that's going to be stressful on both parties. Let's go with... Uh, 38-42, Arkansas. I'm going to go 38-42. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to go the opposite of Preston. I do not think that LSU can put up a lot of points in this ball game because they just haven't, period. I mean, the only other games that they've put up a lot of points uh, were in the easy layup games, and so I'm not expecting much from the offense here. I think, though, if we play defense as well as we did against Alabama, which was quite shocking, that we can be able to compete in this ballgame to win. And ultimately, as Preston said, the team is playing right now, despite all of the things that are going on around the program. But let's not forget, these guys are fighting for a bowl berth. We can expect them to win next week against ULM. But you've got Arkansas and A&M that they have to try and squeak out a win out of those two games. I think this could be that game. 
I think it's a low-scoring affair. I think the defense is going to play well. It's going to depend on the DBs on how much offense Arkansas can generate. But I expect us to win this in a very, very close game, uh, low-scoring game. And if you would have asked me two weeks ago that I thought LSU was going to win this game, I would have told you there's no way, there's no how. But after last week and how shocking that was last week, I think the boys are going to be up to play and fighting for a bowl berth. I think they're going to win. I think it's going to be somewhere between a 24 to 17 ball game, and LSU gets the dub. What's y'all's record? Four and five? Is that what it is? Yes, it's four yeah. and five. Y'all aren't so. y'all aren't going to play like a four and five team on Saturday. That's the, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, well, you yeah, I so. mean, it's you're, I don't think you are because it's LSU Arkansas. Now there, there's right. always exceptions to that, and that's what makes me nervous. We're coming off a high with Mississippi State, which was just a that was kind of a back and forth game there at the end. So I'm I'm nervous. I'm I'm not looking at you guys as a four and five bottom feeder of the SEC West right, right. now and be like, Oh yeah, got this. Nighttime, Death Valley, fighting for a bowl berth. I mean, a bowl berth for you guys this year, just like for us, is a win. You're counting your blessings with that. And so I think y'all are gonna come out and I'm I'm excited. It's going to be fun. I'll be sitting on my couch with the eyes glued to the TV, sipping a Dr. Pepper. Several of them. <laughs> this is really Thank a you. coin flip game. I will not be surprised if this goes either way. I agree. And I think that's the main reason I'm going to take the Tigers here is home field advantage. If it was in Fayetteville, I believe I'd be taking the Hogs. This is your best chance for a bowl game. I think the Tigers win. In a low-scoring affair as well, uh, I'm going to take the Tigers 28-21. to 21, Tight game to the end is what I'm expecting. Another battle for the boot, guys. All right, well, that's what we have for episode number two of Tigers Avenue. Preston, hey, we want to give you a big thank you for coming and joining us, man. Appreciate your input. Hey, thank you. This has been a blast. Love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, man, for joining us again. Hey, shout out Five Star Hero. Go check out his clothing line on his Facebook. And, man, we appreciate you allowing us to use this music, Five Star. Take us out. Who that, who that?